to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. We've been talking about the keys to the kingdom, or the keys of the kingdom, and the first one we looked at was faith. And we've spent some time here the last couple of days talking about love, and we want to continue with love today. And I think next week we're going on to hope. But anyway, we're looking at love today as one of the keys of the kingdom. Continue that look. And I love what John writes in 1 John chapter 4. We've been looking at that a little bit. But here in verse 9, he says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We constantly need to realize we didn't love God first. God loved us first. God loved us before we were born. God loved us when we were yet sinners. God loved us enough that he sent his son that he might be our atoning sacrifice. And that's how much God loved us. Our love for him is merely in response to the love that he gave to us. But it's as he infills us with the Holy Spirit that we have the same love that God has. We talked a little bit yesterday about the fact our human nature is not to want to love when people are mean to us. It's not to want to love when people are not being the people that we want them to be. Our inclination as humans is to want to get even with people. And so... We love because God loved us. Praise the Lord. Yes, that's right. And uh, back to the scripture in Romans, uh, he said uh, his love has been uh, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you know, we, we can love people. Again, we don't, we don't have to like everybody, but we're commanded to love. And again, the keys of the king, kingdoms is God's commands. Jesus said this. He said, he who hears these sayings of mine, and does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the storms and the winds came, it beat upon that house, but it didn't uh, destroy it. And uh, again, back to, uh, he said, I liken you to a wise man. So again, and, and I'm reminded of what it says in uh, Peter, don't, James, don't just be a hearer of the word only, if so you're deceiving yourself, but be a doer. If you're a hearer and a doer, you'll be blessed in what you do. And that's God's desire is to have us to live like heaven on earth. 
So he says, I've given you the keys or some tools or some principles, some commands, some statutes, some judgments, some precepts, and all you have to do is <clears throat> abide in them. Jesus also said in John 15, abide in me and my words abide in you. You can ask what you will. Well, that's what God's desire is. His desire is to bless and allow us to live that abundant life that Jesus came, said he came to give us in John 10.10. 10. So all we have to do is apply the principles. We talked about the principle yesterday of a lift and drag with an airplane and how there's another principle still working here. And, and true enough, the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Well, the curse is still operating on the earth. We who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the scripture says in Romans, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gifts of righteousness shall rule and reign in life. That means we can rule and reign and overcome the curse because Christ has redeemed us from that curse. Well, the only way we act on that redemption is by doing what he told us to do. <laughs> in Deuteronomy 28, he wrote out, if you obey the commands, all of this good stuff is going to happen to you. Then over here, he said, if you don't, here's the curses. So there was the blessings and the curses. Same thing today. The Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forevermore. So God's desire is just to keep us in the blessing zone. I like to call it the blessing zone. He says, just do this and you'll stay in the blessing zone. And I relate it to parents and children. Our desire, any responsible parent, desires to be a blessing to their children. But we have certain rules we set up to keep them in that blessing zone. And now if you violate those rules, an irresponsible parent is going there's going to be consequences. There's going to be some correction. <laughs> but if you just do what we've asked you to do, what we've instructed you to do, things will go well with you as a child of mine. <laughs> but it, once you violate those, there's going to be some consequences. And that's what God's saying. He's like, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, the keys of success to live like heaven on earth. And if you do them, you're going to be blessed. And if you don't, you're going to allow the curse, which is still, this earth is still reeling on, it's going to work in your life. So the blessing or the cursing can work in anyone's life in, in the child of God. Well, see, the curse, you know, you talk about the curse and it's sin. And we can overcome. I know that a lot of Christians don't believe this, but you can overcome the sin in your life. A lot of Christians take the attitude of, well, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. God's still working on me. And is that true? Yes. But don't let that become the attitude of your life. We need to realize that we can overcome the curse. We can overcome the sin in our life. And it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to overcome the sin in our life. He didn't save us from our sin that we might become his children so that we would continue in it. He saved us from a sin in our life so that we could be free from it. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to overcome that sin in our life. Well, so sin in our life can be when we want to retaliate against somebody, but we overcome that sinful nature. We overcome that sin in our life with love through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be mean to people. We can, in fact, <laughs> be kind to people. We can, in fact, be patient with people, not in our own human nature, because that's not our human nature, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, and it's back to that first key, faith. The scripture says this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So our faith overcomes anything, and our faith is in God's word. God's word is his commands. Well, we 
utilize God's word and practice God's words, the principles in his word, that gives us the ability to overcome. It overcomes the sin too. The Bible says this in Hebrews, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And man, doesn't it easily ensnare yeah. us? <laughs> but he, he gives you, he gives you the, the, the answer in the next verse. Looking unto Jesus, and in Revelation, it refers to Jesus as the word of God. So looking unto Jesus or the word of God, the author and the finisher of your faith. Well, see, the answer to every problem is to look to Jesus. Here it is. You're having word. financial <laughs> problems? Look to Jesus. You're having health problems? Look to Jesus. You're having relationship problems? Look to Jesus. You're having a problem with any kind of sin in your life? Look to Jesus. The answer for every Christian in every situation in life is look to Jesus. And I always tell people Jesus or God and his word are one. They're like wet and water. You can't separate God from his word or Jesus from his word. Again, God loved the word so much he named Jesus the word. And in the scriptures in John, it says, in the beginning was the word. And he says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Again, referring to Jesus. So looking unto Jesus, the word, the author, and the finisher. So that's he's the beginning and the end of your faith, your hope. So we have to... If we want to continue to ignite our faith on fire, we have to look unto Jesus, look unto the word, and not just be a hearer of it. You have to do it. You have, I tell people every Sunday, don't just come here and hear it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, go out there and practice it. And then you'll be blessed in what you do. You, you're blessed to hear it, yeah, but now you got to apply it. It's like if you're the doctor and they give you a prescription, and it says on the bottle, apply or take two times a day. Well, you can do it. You can exercise faith, go to the doctor, go to the pharmacy, pick it up. But if you never do what it says on the bottle, you're not going to get the results. Because they usually say take two tablets three times a day. Well, you're like, I'm going to take one tablet. Well, I ain't going to take none. I got them. But, well, that's faith without works. So a lot of people have faith but no works. And the Bible says it's dead. It's like a, the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. Well, you know, we used the example yesterday about the law of gravity and an airplane through its jet engines overcoming the law of gravity because of lift and thrust and all those things, but it overcomes gravity. And if you turn those engines off, gravity is going to come back. So you could go sit in an airplane and you have the potential to overcome gravity, but you never turn the engines on and you don't ever use the power that's in the engines. You will sit on the ground the same as a person who is sitting in the terminal and this, unfortunately, is what a lot of Christians do. We actually have the power through the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, but we never use well, it. And, and we have the keys. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. But we just never use it. You never use them. And the keys, I call them. And I then like, we wonder, why, am, why is my life right. such a mess? I like to refer to those keys as keys to success, to have a successful life. Remember, he told Joshua, this book of the law, referring to the word of God, he, shall, he said, it shall not depart from you. I mean, you need to keep this with you. He said, and you shall meditate on it day and night. And here's the key. He said, and observe to do, that's the action part, to do all that's written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. See, the Bible is very thematic. If you just study it, it's very thematic. Same thing. He just said, paraphrase, don't be just a hearer, but a doer. He said, think on it, meditate on it, and then do it. He said, then you'll make your way prosperous you'll have good success. That's another key to the kingdom, meditating on the word of God. 
we'll get to that key later. But right now we're on the key of love because God is love. I've talked to him, and I know you have talked to many Christians who, why is my life such a mess? Why is all this going on in my life? And yet at the same time, they never use any of the keys as we're talking about. Yeah, they have faith as long as they're at church, but then when they go home, then all of a sudden the devil starts telling them, you know, God doesn't really love you. You know, your finances are so messed up, they'll never be right. You know, your health is so messed up, it'll never be right. And they start to believe it. And they don't turn to the author and perfecter of their faith, Jesus. The same thing happens in relationships. And so if we don't apply what God has taught us, just on what you were saying, here's another key, and we're kind of jumping forward because there's so many keys on this key. Right. Range. I mean, we're going to be here for a while. Here's one key right there. When the devil comes with those thoughts, God gave us another key, casting down imaginations and every high oh, thing man, that exalts run, itself against the knowledge of God. Can our imagination just run rampant? And it'll run wild <laughs> if you let it. So he tells you what to do. He says, control your thoughts. That's another key to the kingdom. That's another nugget. He said, casting down anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, first of all, you have to know the knowledge of God because my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So first, once you know what the will of God is and know what his knowledge is, anything that's contrary to that that comes to you, you got to say, what's that? Return to sender. Address unknown. (laughs) Love don't live here anymore. Don't send it here. I cast it down. I don't receive it. And so you're the guardian of your own thought life. You can control your thoughts. You know, and I and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> they think that they, they have no control no. over that. If he told you to cast down, he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God through the pulling down the strongholds. He's talking about stuff going on in your mind. Well, and then You're he says whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is true, right. whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy. Really a lot think of people this. have not yet. Here's another key. You being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't drag your past into your future. That's another well, key. Well, you can, but it won't help <laughs> right, you. Richard, here's another key. Forgetting those things which are behind. You got to use that key too, the forgetting key. Forgetting those things which are behind and press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, and and not only is it sometimes ourselves that remind us of our past, but other people. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah don't your you family rem- members, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, you know. Really don't you, you. Don't you talk to me about this? Don't you talk to me about Jesus. I know what you did when you was a kid. I know. I know what you did when you was a teenager. And so often so in our life, that, the people want to bring up our past. And with that, we got to go ahead and cast that thought down that the enemy's using that relative to try to condemn us with to say and we got to replace it with, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are past. Behold, all things have become new. Well, that's why Paul has to say, forgetting what is behind, because he had a past. Right. We all he had was a there at the stoning of Stephen. He was there persecuting he was the, pers- the church. church. Yeah, he had a really a rough past. But the, the he Lord's, said, I'm going to forget that and move forward. And the Lord still used them. God gave him a revelation of righteousness. It's, that's another key, knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. So there's so many keys, and we want to stick on the one of love because God is love. Well, you know, and he the tells first us, one we you know we looked yesterday in First Corinthians, love is patient. The next one, next thing he says there is love is kind. Woo, that's a good one. You know, we can all use that kindness means love's not in rude. our life. <laughs> well, he, rude. he goes on from that to say love is not rude. Is but kind. I mean, we all need some kindness in our life. We live in a society where it's go go go, hurry hurry hurry, bustle bustle bustle. And it does not lend itself well to kindness, to 
having time to be kind to people because we just got to go. We've got to be on the move. We we don't have time for kindness. Well, you know what? I'm reminded as you're saying that what the scripture says in Hebrews, be careful how you treat strangers because some unknowingly have entertained angels. So you would want to be kind to people because you never know. And I had that happen to me one time at a McDonald's. Me and my wife were sitting there and we were going through a tough time at in that season in our life, and it was the gentleman. He looked homeless, but he had a word for us. And because I was kind to him, I was able to receive what he had. And in the natural, you're like, well, yeah, this guy. But we sat, me and my wife, and entertained him. And he had a word for us, a confirming word from the Lord. And that scripture just hit me. Be careful how you treat strangers, because some unknowingly have entertained angels. So that's another reason just to be kind to people. Because you don't know who God's sending in your path to give you a word, to be a blessing to you. And then we all just need kindness in our life. I mean, you can remember, probably most people can remember sometime when somebody was really kind to them because a lot of times they're not. See, it's the kind of thing we remember because we right. don't see a lot of <laughs> kindness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and right. kindness takes many forms. Mm-hmm. Kindness can come in writing a very nice letter to somebody or a very nice note or giving somebody a call, whatever it takes. But there's times in our life, every one of us can remember when somebody was kind to us, because a lot of times it just doesn't happen all of the time. Love is kind. And and hence, that's why I believe the scripture says also, love covers a multitude of sins. So now you could just say, well, since love is kind and love covers a multitude of sins, kindness will cover, cover you too, keep you covered or protected. So utilize that key, that key of love. And then he talks about, Love does not envy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this is a society with a lot of envy. I mean, if you look at most, most car commercials, it's so that the neighbors, I mean, right. there, there's one particularly right now where everybody's staring at the car this woman's driving. Some people, it's like they're staring at her, but you know, they're supposed to be staring at the car. Mm-hmm. That if you have this car, everybody will know you've made it. You, you watch You've a beer arrived. commercial on TV. If you drink this beer, you'll have all the friends in the world, and they'll all think you're cool. They'll all think you're great. They'll all think, I don't know what the new word is for young people, but they'll think that's what you are. And our world, envy is so subtle that, yes, we want everybody to think we're cool. We want everybody to think we're hip or whatever it is today. We want everybody to think those things about us, and so we better get that. And we don't want somebody else to get it and be cooler than us, we, so we got to keep up. And But love doesn't envy in that way. And, and that goes in line with covetousness, right? Oh, Going of what somebody else got. Of course. Yeah, I want theirs. Does, they got one you know, he I talks about do not covet your neighbor's wife. Right. Or his other stuff. <laughs> right. Well, see, and that's the thing is that it can take... Well, people say, well, I don't covet my neighbor's wife. I just covet their car or I covet their house or I covet well, whatever. Well, it's just his, your neighbor's possessions. And again, back to don't be conformed to this world. The world, again, with those television commercials, that's to program you to think a certain way. And I was just reading in this next scripture here in Corinthians 13, uh, the latter part of 5, love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Thinks no evil. Well, when you're doing that or thinking envious and covetous, you're thinking evil. And anything that's... Any thoughts that are contrary to the will of God are evil. 
So he says, that's why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thinks no evil. So if you're thinking evil about wanting some of your neighbors or want something that's not in the will of God, he said, that's not love. Love doesn't do that. Think, or you're trying to get your coworker, set them up to get fired or, or making their life miserable every day at the office. I hear Christians come, you know, on Sunday and talk about how, you know, their coworkers are doing this, that, and that. And, and it's sad to say when they, I ask them, is their coworker a Christian? And they say, yeah. I'm like, well, that's not love. God's love. You're supposed to be representing love, not trying to set your coworker up for failure. That's not love. Right. And then one of my, there's two that are really, I really like. One is love keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, that's a big one right <laughs> there. Know? I and remember I, what you did to me right. I see, in I 1982, call that, Richard. I, I call that holding a grudge. Yeah. You know, to keep a record of wrongs. Can you imagine if we kept a record of all the wrongs that were done to us over the course of our life? What would be even scarier would be to keep a record of all the wrongs we did. See, now this is a good one for married couples, for husbands well, of and wives. You can't be in a marriage and keeping record of wrongs. Well, you can, but it's well, going to be a constant not, well, state of upset. Well, well, it's not the mind of Christ. It's not love. <laughs> <laughs> it's not love. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Be imitators of God as dear children. Well, God is love. So we, actually, is God in heaven keeping a record on all our, our, our missing the mark, our mistakes? Thankfully not. No, he said, I threw him in the sea of forgetfulness. I don't remember him no more. And then he tells you don't remember him either. But we know your relatives going to bring him up. But anyway, cast him down. You don't remember him because he doesn't remember him. So he tells us, I want you to be just like me. If I don't remember past mistakes, don't you remember it. And don't do that for other people. Right. See, and we keep this record of wrongs. We keep a record of when you said this or when you did that, or do you remember when you, you know, you hear people all the time say, do you remember when you said this? Do you remember when you did that? And what they've done is they've kept a record of wrong. Now he says, love doesn't keep records of wrong. Doesn't keep a record of wrong. So that means if I'm going to act loving to you, that means I'm not going to keep a record of the wrongs that you have done. And if you are keeping a record of wrongs that people have done, you are not acting in love. Mm -hmm. And so part of what he lists there in 1 Corinthians, I think, is for us to understand, am I acting in love or not? It's right. really kind of a gauge. If I'm keeping a record of the wrongs that my wife has done or my kids have done or, or anybody has done, am I acting in love toward that person? And the answer is clearly no. Am I acting in love if I keep a record of all the wrongs my coworkers have done to me? And, and again, that's another one with parents and children. As you were speaking, I was thinking about with our kids. You know, I'm pretty sure they made a lot of mistakes throughout their life growing up in our households. But as, us as parents, as we keep a, if we keep a record of that, well, that's just going to harden your heart and cause bitterness. See, I see this because parents make mistakes too. Parents do wrongs too sometimes, unknowingly oh, yeah. maybe. But I know people, adults, who don't speak to their parents anymore. Oh, yeah, me and too. It's, and it's because their parents said or did something when they were younger, and they've just kept a record of that wrong. They're not going to let that wrong go. Well, here's, here's another key real quick. Honor your mother and father, which is the first command with promise. And then he says that it may go well with you. So that's the promise. When you honor your parents, even though whatever they did probably was wrong, you're still you're still commanded to honor them. He say that it may go well with you. Right. And 
Also, if you're keeping that record, if you're saying, you know, I haven't spoken to them for years and I'm not going to because this is what they did when I was a kid, you are not acting in love. No, especially if you're a Christian. Right. You are not acting in love because love keeps no record of wrongs. That's not to say there was no wrong. Right. That's not to say they didn't do you dirty. That's not to say they didn't do something terrible. But we are to hold no record of wrongs when it comes to love. And then I like the one, love always protects. Mm -hmm. What what verse is that? That love always protects. We're looking at verse 7. Bears it always things. protects, always trusts. Your version may say something a little different. Oh, yeah. Always says, hopes. Bears all things, believes all things that are godly. Right. So Which I like it always protects. Love always protects. Mm-hmm. So that means that if you know the gossip on somebody, you know somebody's done something, and boy, a lot of people would love to hear about it. If you want to share that, you're not protecting them. Love what, what always of, of protects. Verse six, verse six says, "Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth." I mean, when you hear something bad about somebody, you don't, yeah, yeah, that's good for them. They should have got that. And we went through something in our lives, some uh, trials, tribulation, persecution. And I heard out there other Christians were rejoicing, and I'm like, "Wow!" And these were people that were leading spiritual formation classes. I, well, I've heard, I've heard wow. Christian people. Some a church will have a problem have a problem with the pastor or have a problem with somebody in the church and there's a big split there's a big and other Christians are happy about that. Right. That's no way for Christians. And here's the thing, we, it, this this broadcast is not about condemnation. If you've done these things, all you have to do is repent, change your way of thinking, ask God for forgiveness and make the correction. The scripture says, I think that's one of the keys in uh 2 Timothy 3:16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly complete for every good work. So just use the word of God and use this broadcast to make corrections in your life. We we all have to do it every day. I'm constantly making corrections. We talked about an airplane. An airplane, once you get in, you got to set your coordinates. But every so often you have to readjust because the wind and all the turbulence will take you off course. And if you're trying to get from L.A. to Chicago, you got to constantly make adjustments because if not, you'll never get to your destination. Just like us with Christians, we always have to be corrected by the Word of God. If we're not corrected by the Word of God, we'll never make it to our destination. So, right. I mean, we're there's no joy in beating people up because we all— I, I told somebody once not too long ago, I think God gives me every sermon he gives me because I'm going to need it. Almost right. everything I preach on on Sunday, by Wednesday, I've had to use. Right. And so it's almost like God says, I know you're going to need this, and so probably will a lot of other people. And so I'm going to give it to you, and you can share it with other people. Well, right now we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word. And we just want to leave you with these uh, words out of 2 Corinthians 5-7. Keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.